You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Again, sorry for yesterday. Sometimes stuff happens. I uh, didn't get the podcast out in time. Uh, and then I also messed up posting the uh, episode on the right date. It's a whole thing. But anyways, I just posted that during the day. And now I think I think we should be all caught up and everything's fine. What I want to do today, speaking of getting caught up, is getting caught up. There's a little bit of news and notes and stuff around the NFL. Um, I know probably some people couldn't care less, but I want to get caught up. I want to kind of just see what's going on out there. A lot of quarterback news, and again, it does matter to us because it all impacts certain things, right? If Daniel Jones gets it worked out with the Giants, then he is not in competition. But also the Giants are then not looking for a quarterback. But then the draft and it's all just this one big ecosystem, you know? So um, let's see what we got here. Thanks for joining me, by the way. It's so nice to talk to you. First of all, in somewhat of a surprising turn that I don't necessarily expect to go well, but I guess who really knows these things. Apparently, Rex Ryan is looking to come back into the NFL, which is, is, I mean, it's weird because he has to be making really good money as a TV guy. And I think he does a good night. I don't agree with him. I didn't like a single word that came out of his mouth. (laughs) Just had to edit a lot of words in my brain there. But um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he would make more money or maybe he just wants to get back into the game. I know he's a brilliant defensive mind, but my question always comes down to with these guys similar to what happened with Pettin, you know, has the NFL kind of moved on? And a lot of these guys who are brilliant forefront kind of guys end up going into the background. Pettin did it. Pettin is doing it. Dom Capers is doing it. They're not defensive coordinators, but they're like these high-level coaching assistants that use their many, many years of being a dominant defensive mind to help these guys who are kind of on the cutting edge and know where the NFL is heading, using these guys as resources to really fine-tune and and make it work and apply it and whatever else they end up doing. But I don't know a ton of guys, and there's probably several out there, and I know some of them do. Um, the heck was the guy's name? I don't know. I, I can't do names, but he was with the uh, Rams and whatnot. Sometimes they come back and they just dominate, you know? Uh, even, you know, guys like Andy Reid on the offensive side kind of makes sense. You know, you, you don't really expect... Guys like that to be on the forefront of making it work, and they do. But um, anyways, apparently the Denver Broncos are the target. It sounds kind of like it's a done deal. The word is he is the leading candidate for the Denver Broncos. He hasn't been in the NFL since 2016 when he was fired by the Buffalo Bills, which is also not a great way to go out, right? If you sort of leave on top and go pursue a career you know, as a retired guy, as a brilliant analyst. But, you know, when your career was already tapering off because the NFL kind of evolved away from what it is you're doing, and then you go away from the game for a long time, and all of a sudden you want to come back, plus the Denver Broncos, I just feel like they don't know what they're doing at all, right? I mean, let's be honest. The hiring of Hackett was a terrible hire. Nothing against Hackett. Probably a really good offensive coordinator. No idea. Seems to be a really likable guy. Rodgers loves him, et cetera, et cetera. 
but that was a garbage hire. And then they go out and get Russell Wilson. Garbage, right? Everything they're doing is blowing up in their face. And now they're going out for another big swing at head coach, and they give away a ton of uh, everything to acquire the guy to be the new head coach. And now they're going for a big name, big swing for Rex Ryan, which probably has something to do with the head coach because, you know, he's going to want to work with Rex Ryan. But it's like, who does he want to work with? Well, I don't know. One of my, one of my old buddies from back in the day. Not that they work together. I don't. Although he did work with his brother. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's all this. It's not who's the best to get it done this year. It's all like who am I connected to? Who do I know? He worked with his his brother. Um, so there's a connection there. There's a relationship there. And so he probably reached out and was like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting back into the game. We're going to take this thing over, show these young kids how it's done. You want to join me and help me get this thing done? You know, probably because it is a similar, like, you understand what I want done on defense. I know you can do that, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't like anything the Broncos are doing. Maybe it's going to come back in miraculous fashion. If they can get Russell Wilson back on track and get all this stuff working and get a great offensive system together and, and Rex can make this a defensive powerhouse. I, I don't know, maybe, but it just feels like it is a disaster waiting to happen. I mean, to go from Evero to Rex Ryan, I, yeesh, I don't know. Um, getting into the quarterbacks a little bit, one of the major names here is Lamar Jackson, obviously. I think there's a good chance that some of these guys could get swept up before Aaron Rodgers even decides whatever whatever it is he is going to decide. I want to talk about that for a minute because I kind of took a hard right turn back to how I used to feel. I've been vacillating back and forth on what Rodgers is going to do. And then suddenly, I think, I think it was something A.J. Hawk said or something. I don't remember. But somebody said something that was just painfully obvious. And it's like, oh, yeah, duh. But we'll get to that. Let's just for now assume that we care about where these quarterbacks go because it impacts us. Now, I think the Lamar thing is going to drag on because I believe that Lamar is going to say, I want to get paid. And the Ravens are going to say, look, we want to pay you. We just don't want to pay you the crazy amount of money that you're asking for because let's be completely honest. By the way, he doesn't have an agent, which complicates these things. But I'm sure Lamar is saying, look, I want 50 flat out. You know, you, you got these bums that are going to end up getting, you know, I'm, I'm better than Jalen Hurts. He's probably going to get 50. I want 50 a year and I want a long-term contract. And, and they're going to look at him and say, that's absurd. He has missed like 35% of the games that he's played recent that that have been played by the Baltimore Ravens recently due to injury. That's an insanely high amount. And so I'm sure they can structure and be like, look, I'll give, I'll give you the 50 million, but there's going to be a lot of contingencies in this. Like it, it, it's going to be low in guarantees. I can tell you that. If you want the number, fine. But it's, and of course, he's going to say, no, I want the guarantees. Well, you're not getting the guarantees because you, you're not guaranteeable, dude. Can you guarantee me you're going to play a full season? No, then you're not getting guaranteed money. Sorry. But anyways, I think they're going to tag him, and I think the Ravens are really going to hammer this, and they're not going to let him go for quite a while. This might even be somewhat of a stalemate going into the season. I don't really know. And they may just keep him under the tag and see if he wants to call their bluff, which he may want to force his way out. I think most quarterbacks in that situation would say, fine, I'll just play under the tag this year, and that's just the way it goes. But with a guy with this many injuries, if he plays that year and he gets hurt again, his value goes down again. His value has gone down basically every year over the last at least two years because of the amount of injuries he's um, undergone. The heck is whoop. Sorry, I'm getting email updates, which I don't want, PC. Thank you very much. I didn't ask you to integrate with my email. But now I'm curious. Um, but anyways, all that aside, apparently there is a name emerging 
for a front runner that may want to acquire uh, Lamar Jackson, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is very flimsy type of reporting, similar to what we get from Aaron Rodgers, but it's kind of the phrasing along the lines of the Atlanta Falcons are seen as a possible aggressive suitor for Jackson, which is a weird thing to be like, dude, they're going to be hard after him. Maybe. <laughs> like, okay. But I honestly, I do think it makes sense, especially when you got a young guy like Ritter backing him up. I think it could be a cool, I mean, it, it's always cool. Whenever you have a mobile quarterback like that, you can do a ton of stuff. But if you can build a powerful rushing attack, which is a lot easier to do when you have a mobile quarterback, and then you've got Kyle Pitts, I think that's, you know, when you get that big tight end in there, it's just such a cool combination. So I think it makes sense, but I have no idea the validity of it. But it is something to keep an eye on. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting things of the offseason, what happens with Lamar. I think like most things, like with Aaron Rodgers, it'll end up being anticlimactic, where we're all thinking it's going to be this big, massive like trade to the Falcons, and Rodgers is going to go to the Jets. And in reality, both players will be back with their team this year, and everybody just kind of shrugs, I guess. I don't know what you do with that situation. But that is a big one to keep an eye on. Now, again, the benefit is likely Rodgers wants to go or get sent to an AFC team and he wants to go to an NFC team. That's not 100% written stone, but there probably are going to be some teams that are after Rodgers that are not going to be in contention for Lamar. Now, is it impossible that Lamar could go to the Jets? It's entirely possible. Why not? Well, they're both AFC. Who gives a crap? They're not direct competitors. It's AFC North and AFC East. They'll see each other once in a while, just like you will some NFC teams. This very year, in fact. Who cares? Um, speaking of direct competition, by the way, apparently the Jets are also in on uh, Derek Carr. This is via The Athletic. One day ago, the New York Jets... Uh, well, that's when it was written. The New York Jets will be interested in soon-to-be free agent quarterback Derek Carr, who's moving on from the Las Vegas Raiders after nine seasons. The Jets view him as a significant upgrade over Zach Wilson. No kidding. I am an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Apparently, his ability to play under pressure and the amount of interceptions he's thrown with the concerns the Jets have about their offensive line that they're currently retooling might kind of make them a little hesitant. But you could probably say that about most quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers. We've already talked about it. He's not that great under pressure, probably better than Carr, which I think is the point of this. But um, if that is a major concern, that's going to be a, an issue either way. But again, direct competitor. So we'll have to see what happens. Derek Carr is, um, was already released and is available, and I'm sure he's in a lot of conversations. I think one of the issues, I, I thought he might get snapped up kind of quick, but I, I think a lot of teams are probably going to want to wait to see if Rodgers is available, which is a good sign for Packer fans. Like if Derek Carr goes fast, it's a good thing because he's out of the way. It's a bad thing, though, because it's like he, he's the prize, right? Like I don't care what Rodgers is doing. I want this guy. If he doesn't go anywhere... That means that Rodgers is the guy that everybody's waiting for, which means higher prices, which is a good thing. Um, as far as Tannehill, another guy where there's some question marks in terms of, are they going to roll with Tannehill? Are they going to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? Are they going to be in the Derek Carr sweepstakes? Are they going to potentially draft a quarterback? Apparently, according to the Athletics' Joe Rexrode, he thinks that the Tennessee Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, is the, is the overwhelming favorite to return as the starter in 2023. It says that it remains a chance the Titans fall in love with the quarterback in the draft and trade up to uh, from number 11 overall in the first round. But either way, if we're talking about choice A and choice B being Tannehill and trade up for a new quarterback, where does that put Rodgers on that certain thing? Now, 
that doesn't mean that they aren't going to be in the conversations. Because again, you got to weigh all your options. Like we're okay with Tannehill for now, but we and, and again, trading up for a quarterback is a possibility. But what if they don't really like the quarterbacks? You're at least going to want to call and be like, "Look, I'm not giving you two firsts for Rodgers. I'm not doing that." But if you offer me, but if the price is low enough, maybe. If the price maybe gets down to one first round pick, and it could be maybe a next year's first round pick if we do a post June one kind of thing. Not saying that's a good thing, but I'm saying that there is still a possibility that the Tennessee Titans are in the mix. I think the bad news would come in that, according to this anyways, if the Titans are legitimately interested, and if he does go to Tennessee, it sounds like it's not going to be a big haul. Now, on top of the reporting being sort of a maybe kind of sort of thing, and the fact that this is peak, like, send fake news to the media season, I don't know how much we can take into this but again uh the athletic is a really good site it really is as far as actual reporting and whatnot doesn't mean these guys actually know what they're doing but i do trust that these guys generally have sources and they talk to people in the organization and they get kind of a feel a vibe uh, whatever and then they report it so um it does sound like the titans are a little bit lower on the list but the fact that they're simply questions means they could be in it and again all we need is conversations if we can just get them to put in an offer, next year's second round pick, that's going to be leverage to get other teams to raise their prices, right? Hey, Titans are also in, Raiders are in, Jets are in, Miami called me. Did they offer you anything? That's none of your freaking business, but I can tell you, lots of interest. So all we need is a phone call from the Titans. Um, and then again, I kind of already talked about it. It has nothing really to do with the trade, but it is interesting. And again, I, I tie this to Jordan Love and. Um, the potential for him to leave if Rodgers does come back because obviously he wants his opportunity. But been a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts and the amount of money he's going to get. A little bit of conversation about whether or not the Eagles would say, you know, say la vie. I doubt it when you get to this point with Jalen Hurts. But if we genuinely believe that they've built a monster in which you don't need to spend $50 million a year on a quarterback or whatever that number becomes, obviously that's ever increasing, but let's just say that's what it is for now. Um, or, or, you know, 20% of your cap or 15 or whatever that would be. If, if, uh, if that's genuinely what we've built, then we don't want to do that. And potentially we try to find someone else that can do what you can do. Now, I think that's underselling Hertz, who has actually played quite well this year. I think one of the benefits is that he's been put behind a great offensive line and has some great weapons and a great rushing attack and a great offensive scheme. And of course, a lot of defensive help. But I don't think it's true that everybody could do it. But still, anyways, apparently the starting point for negotiation with Jalen Hurts is $45 million per season. Now, again, that's that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Congrats to him. Probably, I mean, again, starting point. So it goes up from there. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of guarantees. As far as I know, he's been extremely healthy and durable and reliable and all that stuff. But if you're Jordan Love and you're looking at this, and you're watching everybody else in your draft class, including the guy that went after you, is in the NFL, starting quarterback for their team, they're dominating, and they're making boo bucks. boo bucks, dude. Can you think about it? This, this entire draft class is about to get paid. And what general, generally happens is you want to pay your guy early because when one guy gets paid, that's a starting point for the next guy. So if they pay Hertz 45, let's say he signs on the dotted line, that's 45. What's going to happen to Joe Burrow? How much freaking money is that guy going to get? What about Justin Herbert? 
There was a point in time where he was seen as maybe one of the best. And even if you don't think that necessarily anymore, what happens if you actually get him an offensive line or get him some better help at wide receiver or tight end or get him a defense? I mean, the guy has nothing to work with except a bunch of talent in his body. You got to pay that man. So these young quarterbacks, Hertz, Burrow, Herbert, Tua probably maybe, but I don't know. We'll get to see about the concussion stuff. But these guys are going to make stupid money. 50, we're talking 40, between 40 and $50 million a year. While Jordan Love's been sitting on the freaking bench. And, and listen, at first it's like, cool, man, I get some time to sit. But at this point, if Rodgers comes back, I'm sorry. I, I, this is BS. Everybody in that entire draft class, the three or four or whatever that went before me and the one guy after me are making 40 to $50 million per year. They're probably getting checks in their pocket of like $150 million. I can't even fathom the disgusting signing bonuses that they're going to be getting. And it's just going to go right into your bank account. I can't fathom that. While Jordan Love sits here and people speculate whether or not he's good enough to be a backup. Dude, F this. There are quarterback-hungry teams all over the league. I want to go to one of them. I want to prove that I can do this. Send me to the freaking Jets. I'll go play out there. Send me to the Falcons. Send me to Miami. When Tua inevitably goes down, I'll come in, I'll tear it up, and I'll take his job. And I'll take his paycheck. Give me that $45-50 I'll take it. I'm not going to sit here behind Aaron Rodgers forever and waste my entire career. I'm not doing this. Maybe that's a garbage attitude, but you, I mean, you got to be, this is a big deal. You're, you're talking $45 million per year. He's set for life. And he could have been there if he'd have gone to any other team. There's a, he's got to be thinking that. Like, if anybody else would have drafted me, I would have been a starter. I would have played. Of course, he believes in himself. I would have been up there with Herbert, who a lot of people said was worse than me, as I've already pointed to, showing people why I was compared to Pat Mahomes, why I was drafted way in front of Jalen Hurts. Instead, I get drafted on this team where I get jerked around every year. Again, I don't know where he's at. There's obviously speculation that he'll want to trade if Rodgers comes back, but I, I'm, I'm just saying for myself, I, 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 need, I want an opportunity, right? And and again, there's there's all this talk about if Rodgers comes back this year, he's got to come back next year based on the way the salary cap is. I don't understand that or what that even means. But um, again, potentially, you know, you ride it out one more year, you could go through this again next year. And now your rookie sees your, your contract's officially up. If they even grant you a fifth-year option, which seems impossible because if Rodgers comes back, we've got to pay him and pay you a bunch of money. What, are you going to ride this out without a fifth-year option sitting this is a safety net for you? And then if you get traded, somebody else is able to exercise that fifth-year option. So if you're not going to do it, I want you to trade me so that another team will exercise that option so that they have rights over me next year. Don't hold me here and then not exercise my option so that I don't, I don't get that money, which is a big paycheck that I believe is fully guaranteed, Send me somewhere where they're going to give me. I mean, that's unfair to me. So, so that's kind of the crazy thing, too. And maybe I'm getting some of this wrong, but hear me out. If the Packers, if Rodgers comes back, there's a chance he stays not only this year, but next year. You cannot, by the way, you're already financially screwed, but you cannot grant him his fifth-year option or exercise that fifth-year option. 
Because then if Rodgers comes back next, even if he doesn't, the salary cap hit on top of his fifth-year option, but if he comes back, then we're paying for Rodgers and we got to pay Love this money. We, we cannot do that. We can't afford it. It's too much money. So if Rodgers comes back, I think there's a good chance we don't exercise the fifth-year option. And if we don't ex- exercise that option, we need to tell him immediately because there are teams that would do it. I just I think it's completely unfair to him to say, we're not going to exercise the option and we're not going to trade you. So you will just be a free agent next year and make garbage money. You'll sign some whatever one-year deal for no money or whatever. I, I don't know. It's just, it's unfair. Let somebody else, trade him to somebody else who will sign him for that amount of money. They'll exercise the option. And then he gets the money. I don't know. I, I, I would have to understand the financials a little bit better, but... Um, boy, where do we go from here? Let's not do that because that's Aaron Rodgers related and we will get to the Packers stuff momentarily. I want to talk about uh, the Chicago Bears at the number one pick in Justin Fields. It is, as somebody pointed out, I may have a clip of it. I may not. I'm not positive exactly what I have queued up here, but um, I listen to so much stuff. Somebody had pointed out that Oh, I know who it was. I just can never remember the guy's name. Rich Eisen. Boom. Got it. Rich Eisen talked about it and said, this is going to be the biggest storyline very soon, right? Right now it's Rodgers, it's Lamar, but that's going to get resolved. Lamar's going to get tagged and that's just going to sit there. Rodgers will be resolved soon. And as I will tell you momentarily, I believe he's probably going to stay in Green Bay. Um, it's, It's very complicated, but that's my thought. And so once this quarterback sweepstakes madness gets out of out of hand, what's going to be the big storyline? It's going to be Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears, and what are they going to do with the number one pick? And part of the conversation that he had said, and I don't know that I fully understand it or believe it necessarily. I, I, this is constantly being talked about, and I don't really buy it, but it's probably true. I just don't understand it. But the point is, it's in the Bears' best interest to make it seem as though they want a quarterback because then it drives up the interest for that spot. Again, it's convoluted, and I don't super understand why that would make any sense because if you say we're not interested in trading because we're going to stick here and pick a quarterback, how is that going to help the interest rate of people coming up, right? I don't really get it. Uh, I think you'd be better off saying we would like to trade and... Um, we're very interested in trading, and then you get a bunch of people calling you, and then you gin up interest, not because of your interest, but because of everybody else's interest. And and the the other thought that he had said was, well, if you say that you're going to trade, and we know you're not getting a quarterback there, then you know we'll let somebody else trade up, and then we'll just take the third spot and get the second best quarterback. I think that's stupid. I mean, if if you have two quarterbacks that are perfectly in mind, but then you're still competing for that second spot. So you're going to want the first spot. It doesn't make any sense to say, well, we want to pick a quarterback here because if you call me and tell me, hey, do you want the spot? Because if you don't, I'm going to take a quarterback. I know you're lying and you're full of crap. You're not going to give me the spot if you're desperate for a quarterback there. So that I don't really buy it, but I do think it's entirely possible that that the stuff does take place. And so the point is there's going to be a lot of news. There already is. But there's probably going to be some smoke about the Bears potentially getting a quarterback, and that's going to be coming from the Chicago Bears camp. Again, I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't know that that makes a lot of sense, but it's very possibly going to happen. And it would be really easy. The concern is, well, it's going to mess with Justin Fields. Dude, just call him 
and say, just so you know, we're going to be leaking information. We want a quarterback. We're lying like crazy because we want to get a really good bunch of picks so that we can get you some talent. We want to get you some wide receivers. He will be fine with that, right? Aside from this tiny little voice in his head saying, what if they do it? But who gives a crap? I told you what that's what's happening. I'll keep you in the loop in terms of like offers we're getting and like our thought process just to make you comfortable. Like we're going to get this package and we're looking at this quarterback or this wide receiver, this tight end, whatever. But anyways, from our perspective, it's going to be fun because Bears Twitter is going to have a freaking meltdown. They already are. Every video I've seen and everything that I've seen on Twitter, Jason LaConfora tweeted out, more than one NFL general manager came away from the senior bowl fairly convinced that Justin Fields will be dealt, which is the other part of this. Because there's a lot of people who are, oh, don't you dare say that about Justin Fields. But I think the more reasonable, again, I hope I have these videos up, um, the more reasonable take is you have to you have to look at these things as values and weigh them and just take the best option. What What is the highest value? And so on one hand, you have Justin Fields, who, by the way, has, has burned through, what, three years of his contract, has not proven to be an efficient passer yet. But again, we're getting to a period where it's getting to be a little bit late. But if you stick with him, you can trade that pick. You get a massive haul, not as much as Bears fans think, but you will get high quality picks, more than one, and you'll probably be able to not trade back that far, still get a a high quality piece. It's probably going to be a defensive piece, which kind of flies in the face of, you know, everything that I just said about comforting him, but whatever. He'll be fine once he sees that a trade has happened for the first pick. And so the thought process is we, we, we could just keep fields and continue to build with this haul. But on the other side, you're still getting a haul because you're trading Justin Fields. And, you know, well, how is he trash, but you're going to get a haul? Because there's a bunch of really quarterback needy teams. There's a lot of teams that are going to see the high upside, and they're going to bite on that. And so you trade Justin Fields, and as I've seen in mock drafts, they're, they're, they're getting top 10 picks for him. You know, I mean, at the very least, what are we talking about? We're talking about, what, Tennessee or something? Tennessee, you know, Justin Fields with Derek freaking Henry, and then you get pick 11. Or again, you can go higher up into the draft. Maybe the Colts give you their pick for Justin Fields. A lot of quarterback needy teams that want a quarterback. Maybe they'll just take him, and then you can take a new guy. Take a guy that has all that athleticism, has a higher upside. Some people think C.J. Stroud is a, is a much better, more complete pass or whatever. I don't necessarily agree with that. I thought Justin Fields was phenomenal in college, but it doesn't matter what I think. It's what other people think, what the Bears think. Or you can take the the kid Bryce Young out of Alabama and you get all the athleticism and you get a higher upside as far as a passer, which I do think is a somewhat consensus, especially since we've seen Justin Fields. So the odds that he ends up being a better passer are much higher. You could be concerned about injuries, but Justin Fields has already started to undergo some injuries. You're getting a guy that's a little bit more fresh and you're resetting the contract. You're getting a guy that's younger, fresher you can you can develop him the way you want to develop him he doesn't have that year under naggy that he has to unlearn and everything else so it's a realistic thing to think about but again from my perspective it's just going to be several months of just laughing at bears twitter and bears fans as they just throw themselves into an absolute just whirlwind of rage because the, somebody would dare to think that trading justin fields is a real option and then you have again jason luck and foro which you know, his credit may be in question. He he desperately wants to be an insider like the big boys like Ian and whatnot, but I think uh, he's been somewhat less credible over the years. It's my understanding. Just a few examples for fun. Jeff Fisher calls Jason Luckin for a report that he's in line to coach an XFL team. False news. It's called fake news, bro. Get with the times. It's an- <laughs> 
article by Sports Mockery. I don't know. I don't know much about this site, but the title is hilarious. Longtime Bears hater Jason Lockenfora finally exposed as a total hack. <laughs> so it is hilarious that he has a reputation for being a Bears hater. I don't know his history. Maybe he's, I doubt he's a Packer fan. Maybe he's, I don't know. But the fact that he's putting these reports out that the Bears are, are multiple GMs think the Bears are trading him. So they hate this guy and he's, oh man, that's funny. I'm just going to read part of this because it's funny. I, I hate to contradict it because it's a quote-unquote report, but again, it doesn't matter if any of this is real. I just want to see them spin in a spiral of rage. This is funny. Plus, it's funny to make fun of these guys who pretend they know stuff, and we're going to get into that too with the Rodgers thing that this, you know, I, I don't want to go full-blown anti-media. There's nothing wrong with being in the media and reporting things. I need it. I depend on it. I love it. I think Ian is a great guy, and there's several great Packers reporters that I love. Not like in a weird way, but I love the work they do and they help me tremendously with the podcast. But some of these guys are arrogant D-bags that pretend they're bigger than they are and they try to be something. And, you know, listen, total respect that you're trying real hard to get somewhere. But if you're going to lie and and do all this nonsense to get there, then you're just going to get called out. You know, just just tread lightly, man. Be careful what you say. Anyways, Bears fans apparently hate this guy and sports Eric Lambert at sport. And I, I, I remember this guy. I think he re, he predicted who the... GM and just something was going to be? I don't know. Anyways, he writes for this site, and it's a site that does not um, shy away from kind of stuff. By now, most Chicago Bears fans have probably heard the name Jason Lockenfora a few times. Currently, he is a quote-unquote insider for CBS and has offered his insight on teams around the league. The declarations and predictions he makes as an employee there are, shall we say, inaccurate for the most part, especially when it involves the Bears. <laughs> I'm going to start liking this guy. Lock and Fora has tried many times to insist he knows what's going on behind the scenes in Chicago. Many times he's been proven incorrect. A huge one came in 2016 when he reported the Bears plan to bring in former GM Bill Polian in some capacity. He also claimed Philip Rivers would be interested in joining the team this offseason after leaving the Chargers. Sometime, uh, something that every, every other notable insider didn't even touch. The guy is a half hack. Bears fans have known for years now, and having listened to his constant snipes at the team, making it intolerable. Well, it appears his reputation could be set to take a hit. Rumors are circulating that a major expose is coming from the Washington Post regarding Daniel Snyder and Washington football team he owns, one that could potentially threaten his ownership. But anyways, it goes on to talk about how he was in, uh, involved in a major catfish scandal that got swept under the rug when he was a beat writer for the Redskins. So kind of a bigger deal there. But anyways. I could do this for days. But just be aware that this conversation is going on a lot. Dan Patrick show talked about it. I'll give you this one snippet, and then we'll just continue to monitor it. More than likely, it's just going to be sort of a laughing at the enemy thing going forward as we read tweets of people being angry. Um, by the way, this is me from the future. Um, about 20 minutes of this pod, I went back and listened to it. The audio was completely jacked up. By the way, if you ever hear that, because I don't always go back and re-listen to things, um, if the audio is just unlistenable, please reach out and let me know. Sometimes stuff is happening and I have, I just don't know. So I, I want the ability to try to fix these kinds of things if I can, um, and then not have to re-record the last 20 minutes. So anyways, let's do this all over again. Um, I want to, if I can find it, play this one snippet for you just so we can kind of get into it a little bit and so you can see what's out there. And then we'll leave it alone, and hopefully this is actually working this time. The Bears situation, you're on the clock with the number one pick, and you have Justin Fields already. How did Pro Football Focus grade out Justin Fields, and what would you do with that number one pick? 
So we graded him as a below average passer, but unbelievable runner, right? Exactly what we saw on the field. Um, I've always thought he has the passing ability. So there's so much potential there with Justin Fields. I do think the Bears should be doing their due diligence on Bryce Young and the other quarterbacks. Bryce Young in particular, he's the number one quarterback on the PFF draft board. I do think you have to weigh taking Bryce Young at one and potentially trading Justin Fields. I think that's option number one, potentially, if they what, like Bryce what would Young you enough. Do? What would you do? I would, I would, I would take Bryce Young, and I would look to trade Justin Fields. I mean, that's my that's my first option. If I have a good enough market for Justin Fields, the second option is trade down and say, okay, we have to play up to the Colts and the fact that they're desperate, the Panthers, that they're desperate, the Raiders, all the maybe even the Texans at two. So you have to trade down. I think the worst thing the Bears can do is draft a non-quarterback. The worst thing they could do is sit at one, draft a Will Anderson from Alabama, draft a Jalen Carter from Georgia. They have to maximize this first overall pick, either with a fresh rookie quarterback or with multiple draft picks to restructure that entire roster. So again, this is the, in my estimation, the most rational. Let me make sure the audio isn't jacked up here. I think it was playing the video last time that it got everything messed up. Anyways, um, this is the most rational take, which is essentially, whatever your conclusion is, let's take the emotion out of it and let's step back and really just weigh the options. As I said, there's, there's positives and negatives. I think I explained the Justin Fields thing. I don't want to do it again if I did already. In terms of it's an option to trade him as well. It's not, you know, it's not like let's just start over and then not maximize the first pick. Well, you're still going to get a haul of picks if you trade Justin Fields. And honestly, maybe I'm just being biased. I just think that this is a crappy spot for the Bears to be in. Starting over at quarterback is crappy, especially when these quarterbacks are not necessarily generational talents. That doesn't mean that they're not going to become great quarterbacks. One, two, three, all. I don't know how many of these quarterbacks are going to be great, if any. But starting over is dangerous, especially since, you know, even if, let's say, Justin Fields, there's a 10% chance, that's not the worst odds in the world. 10% chance he becomes a, let's just say, above average. It goes from below average to above average, which I think he was being generous saying below average. But what happens when you take that rushing ability and being an above average passer? That's dangerous. You got a one in 10 shot of being the, having the most dangerous quarterback in football. You really want to roll the dice and, and get away from that? What if it's 15%, 20%? What are the odds? I don't know. I mean, if it's 1%, yeah, we're, we're not sticking with that. But there's a line there somewhere where you got to make an estimation as to what are the odds that this guy becomes, you know, and you know, maybe he's above average, maybe he's elite. I don't, I have no idea. But starting over is not a guarantee either. And then even if you look at the trade, Bears fans, what do they want? What do they view as the best possible option? We trade back and get a defensive tackle. Oh boy. So let me get this straight. As a Packer fan, I need to be scared because worst case scenario for me is that you get like prime Akeem Hicks back, right? Top 10, maybe top five, although I doubt it because have you seen what defensive tackles have done recently? Again, I don't remember if I explained this already, but look at Quinnen Williams. He's fine, I mean, he, he, it, but it took him a while. So we're talking year one, you get very little contribution, but forget it. Let's say year one, he's, he's great. So he's like 2018 Akeem Hicks, great. But you don't have any of the other defensive pieces and your offense is worse. Your offense and defense are still significantly worse, but you got one of those pieces back that you had back when you barely did anything in the playoffs. You just got to the playoffs and then just got spanked. Well, it's unfair. You were a double doink away from moving on, but still. You don't have any of the pass rushers. You don't have any of the linebackers. You don't have any of those corners. You don't have any of... Well, you got one of the safeties still there who is not as good as he was back then, but whatever, he's still there. 
you don't have your number one wide receiver anymore. You, you lost some of your offensive line pieces. So that's what I'm supposed to be scared of. That and the fact that you have $600 billion that can't be materialized into good players aside from maybe a handful. Yeah, I'm shaking in my freaking boots, dude. Cool. Congratulations on getting a defensive tackle with the number one pick. And then whatever, maybe you get another first round pick. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt the Colts are going to give you their number four pick, which is a really high pick, and then give you next year's pick. Maybe next year's second or something, but I, I don't know. So you're going to get a defensive tackle, and then maybe next year you can get like a wide receiver in the second round that doesn't suck or something. Dang, dude. Super Bowl, huh? That's wild. Congrats on that there, Chief. Yikes. So they're in a crappy spot, and they have a crappy team, and I find that funny, and we'll continue to follow along with all the chaos and madness and glory that goes along with that and all the comments. And again, the comments are are, are right. But I mean, it, it's kind of like when Bears and Vikings fans fight, and you just kind of sit there and go, yeah, you're both right. <laughs> so you got Locke and Fora, who's just really getting Bears fans riled up. And then Bears fans are coming back with, um, how does it feel to suck at your job? And you just read the glory of the comments. Do you get tired? Of, do you ever get tired of being absolutely wrong about everything you do? Says Connor Wheeler. I really enjoy this tweet because you're consistently wrong with everything you say about the Bears. So this probably means that they'll be building around Justin. If Lock and Forrest says it's happening, it means it's definitely not happening. It's just, it's just good fun, man. Anyways, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is how you can support the podcast. You can do so for as little as a dollar a month if I bring you any amount of joy in your day and brighten your drive to work. It would be greatly appreciated if you would consider it. Uh, if you're looking to give to a charity, it would be greatly appreciated if you would take a look at Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Uh, I'd go through a whole spiel, but I already did it, and I honestly want to get back to where we were at. So please just go check those things out if you're interested. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so this is, before we get into the juicy juice, this is a little bit of uh, some old news, but I do want to cover it because it's, you know, it's a thing. Essentially, we have further confirmation about the Jets' interest in Aaron Rodgers. It's obviously nothing concrete, and they're not going <sighs> to... I shouldn't say it's nothing concrete. Um, there's just a lot of steps in the way. Aaron Rodgers needs to decide to come back. They need to mutually decide to part ways. And then we need to know for sure that Aaron Rodgers is top of their list and that they're willing to give up the proper comp compensation for the backers to consider it, et cetera, et cetera. But the Jets have consistently been not very shy about their interest in acquiring a quarterback 
and specifically their interest or um, admiration, at least, of Aaron Rodgers. A quote from Jets owner, owner Woody Johnson from Diana Rossini about the team's possible interest in Aaron Rodgers says, you want the best quarterback that you can get to lead the Jets. I can't really talk about him, talking about Rodgers, because he's a member of another club, but everybody recognizes talent when they see it. In other words, it would be against the rules for me to sit here and talk about my interest in Aaron Rodgers. But let's just, let me give you a couple dots to connect here. You want, as an organization, the best quarterback you can get to lead the Jets. And when looking at at Aaron Rodgers, everybody recognizes the amount of talent that that guy's got. So on one hand, everybody, ourselves included, would be interested in getting the best quarterback you can. And Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback you can get. But I can't talk about our interest in Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. That would be against the rules. Um, Some other minor news, but, you know, recruiting from another team. Darren Waller um, of the Raiders said, I mean, in in very generic terms, anybody who's ever played football would be on board with Aaron Rodgers coming to the team. If he comes to the team, I will not be disappointed. Speaking of, apparently odds makers believe Aaron Rodgers will be a Las Vegas Raider. I personally, if I could find a place to put money on it, I would bet that he is not. Now, to be clear, I guess the reason that this is interesting is um, Green Bay is not on this list. So it's assuming he is traded, where would he go? Um, And the Las Vegas Raiders are at minus 300, the Jets plus 200. Tampa is actually third, which is somewhat surprising. San Francisco is fourth, then Tennessee, then New England, then Indianapolis, then Washington, Carolina, the Giants, Atlanta, New Orleans, and then finally Houston. The odds on this, and I understand that it, isn't necessarily indicative of reality, but, you know, Vegas has to do a little bit of homework on this, and I am a little bit surprised. Now, granted, it's basically Las Vegas, the Jets, and nobody. It drops to plus 1,400 for Tampa, then 1,600, then 2,000. By the time you get too further down to Indy, where obviously uh, McAfee wants them to go, plus 2,500. So if you get any inside information, there's money to be made here. If you find out he's going like to Houston or something, plus 5,000, son. Um, boy, where do I go from here? Um, I just had, and now I'm going to lose it. Andrew sent this to me. Big shout out, first of all, to Green Bay Packers Reddit on Twitter, who posted it. And then Andrew Moran um, shared it with me. So why don't we do this first? It wasn't planned, but he sent it to me, and I find it interesting it was an ask me anything for Packers wide receiver Greg Jennings. So we'll we'll go through a little bit of this. Because it's interesting. Packer fans hate Greg Jennings because Jennings doesn't like Rodgers and everybody likes Rodgers, except people that hate Rodgers who probably are starting to like Jennings now, except I have no idea. But anyways, here we go. Hi, Greg. Do you truly not like Aaron or is it all for hot takes on TV? He says, I absolutely love Aaron and I've always spoken honestly in the meeting rooms at dinner tables and my commentary has never been to personally attack him due to being disgruntled. I believe because of the way I left and what I said as I departed paints the picture of everything I say with a dark cloud. And to be honest, my network or any of my platform for that matter never posts the complimentary things I say because it doesn't create the buzz. People kind of go on to comment and, you know, one guy says, I would love it if you'd come out and say that on air. He says, I've said it several times, but no one promotes those comments. It's funny, later on down, somebody's like, this is really the only thing we wanted to know, and he just laughs. (laughs) 
Somebody says, what's it like putting the team on your back with a broken leg? And he says, it's the best. Then the question comes, hey, Greg, what's it like to have played for an organization as iconic as the Packers and having your great success while there to then be disliked by a large portion of the fan base due to your words and actions after leaving the team? Do you wish you would have handled things differently? He says, it was amazing playing for the Packers. It was difficult going through the entire process, feeling as though all I had done wasn't enough to remain a Packer. I've said often that I completely mishandled the situation. Even if I knew it to be my truth, it was not the way I should have handled it. Just say my perspective, all right? I'm a people person, so I'd be lying if I said it didn't hurt to be fully uh, hurt to be fully embraced. All I can do now is move forward with no malice toward any personnel, player, or fan. Somebody commented, man, did I just become a Greg Jennings fan again? And he says, my man, that's what it's all about. It's why I'm not shying away from any of these questions or comments. So the thing I like about it, this kind of reminds me when Brett Favre, I mean, it's, it's a re- weird Reddit thing. It's not like a, I'm guessing most people won't see it like we saw when Brett Favre came back to Lambeau, but it was just kind of a moment of allowing the fans, you know, for, for, for him to come back and say, I love this place. He, Favre never said sorry, but you know, whatever. And for us to have the opportunity to re-embrace Favre and just kind of get over all the, the stuff and just say, you are a Packers legend and we love you, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously the whole other thing went on. But it, it was a nice moment. It was really nice to have Favre come back. Things like this are, are, for me anyways, this is all I would ever really want to hear from him to move on. Other people maybe would harbor a grudge, but for him to just say, look, I, I was young-ish, younger. We all get older and mature as we grow never ends the growing. And I was ticked off and I said some stuff I shouldn't have said. And I wish I was more embraced by the fans and the organization and by Rogers and everything, but I'm not, but it is what it is. For me, I'm looking at this going, nah, dude, bring it in. Like knock it off, but like bring it in. I shouldn't even say knock it off. Like if, if, if I want to know the truth. I don't want to just hear like everybody loves everybody. If this is honestly stuff that happened, fine. But you know, let's just, let's be nice whole bunch of Aaron Rodgers stuff. Why do you take every opportunity to attack Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? He says, I really don't. It just appears that way because no one ever posts, uh, pose or share the complimentary takes that I have because that's not exciting. What's exciting is, oh, there's Jennings saying something again. That goes against the grain when it really just the truth. And it's not pointed or personal. It's just analysis. Also, I think it's because I don't show any bias. It's just uh, a part of the job. I truly try to paint a picture of what needs to be shared and what my thoughts are given the situation. Now you got to understand anything that happens revolving around Green Bay or Aaron, they're going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Greg, can you come on this or that and talk? See, and that's something I've mentioned too. These guys are going to get pulled into these things because they want the controversy. So now every time anything happens, they're going to call Greg. Now he has two options. He can say, no, I refuse and just never talk about it. Or he can do his job as an analyst and say, okay, I mean, that's a lot of times it's not acting. If he's on a network, and I don't know exactly if he is or what his situation is, but they're going to say, hey, I want you covering this because they want to hear what he has to say. And if if his honest opinion is negative, it's going to blow up as he's negative. And what he's saying is if it's positive, people just brush it off. Like they'll hear it and go, okay, whatever, not interesting, right? He's, oh, he's just trying to not look like a hater or something, you know, it's never, there's no way for him to get out of this. Um, anyways, that's enough of that. Somebody said, do you think there'll ever be a better receiving core? You, Jordy, Cobb, Driver, Jones, Finley. He says that was a special group. And just to think we were all home run draft picks. It's not going to happen in free agency due to money. So I'd have to say, no, it's never going to happen again. It's a fair point too. You can't go out and buy that whole group. So you'd have to just hit on a bunch of receivers in the draft and have them all hit at the roughly the same time. 
to get a group like that together. Somebody asks, have you ever been on a darkness retreat? He says, I have not. I also try not to speak on things I don't have a great understanding of. Everyone has and must experience their own journey. So he's even using Roger's language. So I'm not going to go through all this. There's a billion questions. You can check it out on Reddit. But that's that's the largest thing. It sounds like, and I don't know to what degree he would uh, concede any ground on anything, but it sounds like he kind of wants to be welcomed back into the fold. He doesn't like how adversarial things are, and he doesn't like this little death spiral that he's in where anytime something happens, they want him to comment on it and say something negative because he's seen as like the anti-Packers, anti-Rogers guy which I think is a good thing. All right. Um, let's get into a little bit of the juice. We won't get to some of the other stuff, but that's fine. Brett Favre refuses to shut up ever. Here's an article. Brett Favre's lawyer believes bankrupting Pat McAfee in defamation lawsuit will teach him a lesson. Quote, it's going to cost Pat McAfee millions of dollars, and if it bankrupts him, then he will have learned his lesson. Bankrupt him? You think he's, you're going to bankrupt him? Last week, Favre and his lawyer, Eric Hirschman, filed three defamation lawsuits against McAfee, Shannon Sharp, and Mississippi State Auditor Shade White. Immediately after those lawsuits were made public, McAfee turned it into, a con- uh, into content for his podcast with a fiery response in which he said he doesn't have lawyers, but looks forward to seeing Favre in court. On Tuesday, Favre's lawyer joined Jason Whitlock's show on The Blaze TV and pushed back on McAfee's surprising tactic of using a lawsuit by the former NFL quarterback as show content. What, what, do you, what did you think he was going to do? You think like, he's going to cower and be like, oh, no, please, please, sir, don't do this. He's going to laugh at you for being an idiot. It's obvious when you listen to Pat McAfee, he never read any of the complaints, Hirschman told Whitlock. He didn't read the motion to dismiss. He just decided to get on his show and try to get as much attention as he could. And he accuses Brett, so we're clear, about stealing from the poor in Mississippi. Well, I don't doubt that whatsoever. Pat McAfee is not, uh, you know, he didn't read it. Let's put it that way. He might have had a lawyer explain it to him. But I've watched Pat McAfee have Brett, uh, have Aaron Rodgers explain things to him, and he doesn't understand it five seconds later. So I don't doubt that he doesn't know what's going on. But I, I'm positive that he knows that it's funny, and he's going to make it funny, and he's going to laugh at you. I'm positive. He's a great uh, troller, for sure. The lawyer went on to say on this show, McAfee, contrary to what Shannon Sharp was probably told, which is, this is a good time to keep your mouth shut, decided to go on and speak again and make a joke that he doesn't have a lawyer and that his wife says he's really terrible at apologizing, Hirschman continued to Whitlock. Well, I guarantee you the jury in Mississippi will make certain he learns how to apologize. It's going to cost Pat McAfee millions of dollars, and if it bankrupts him, then he will have learned his lesson about you don't try to promote yourself by inappropriately and improperly attacking someone else. This is crazy. I mean, look, don't, don't get me wrong. If, if I ever make a lot of money, I'm going to hire a lawyer like this that is just a freaking killer. But this is the wrong time to unleash the dogs, dude. This is a wrong time to go get the biggest high-priced lawyer you can find in New York that is just a freaking serial killer that is going to go on national television and threaten to ruin your life. Don't get me wrong, that's freaking awesome. But this is the wrong time. Because, dude, you're in the wrong on this one. Let people make their silly little jokes and go on about your life. Brett Favre's got a lawyer out there bragging about bankrupting other people while he takes the last remaining pennies of Brett Favre's career so that he can go on TV and make jokes or threats. That's crazy to me. Anyways, let's do this one final thing here. I labeled this in my notes, dumbest crap ever, so it's very easy for me to find it. Um, 
I don't think I said this because I think this is the part where I had to delete. In fact, let me make sure the audio isn't messed up so I don't lose my mind. All right, sounds good. Essentially what this is, you you have this sort of Rogers versus the media thing and media personalities tend to rally around each other and whatnot. And so when Aaron Rodgers comes out and says, listen, you freaking D-bags, if you're going to talk about me, you better know what you're talking about. You're reporting things that are fake and untrue. Somebody is talking to you and told you that I'm going on a retreat on Monday and they flat out lied and they don't know what they're talking about. And nobody that is in my inner circle, as he says, is talking to you. And if they're talking to you, they're not in the inner circle. That's a quick way to, to learn that. I have booked this out for four months and it was always planned for the end of the week, period. And so rather than just licking your wounds and moving on, you've got the biggest Packers and Rodgers hater on planet Earth refusing to give up any ground because he wrote an article on it and Rodgers made him look like a freaking idiot and he can't take it. And so now he goes into crazy conspiracy land. Here you go. With one of the best savings rates in America. Okie dokie, that's a commercial. Let's try it again. Here we go. I will say this. The story we posted based on Rappaport's report, which did have a little snark in it. I'm sure. Chris no, not you. That. That- so he posted an article about the darkness retreat and was being a smart aleck about it while he was at it because he's kind of a jerk and hates Aaron Rodgers. That, that, that thing hit a jet stream somewhere. I mean, the traffic to that story and the interest in that story was off the charts. and It was all premised on Rappaport being correct. There's a chance he was correct and Rodgers didn't go into the dark closet on Monday just to be able to say Rappaport was wrong. There's a chance. Do you, I mean, do you get this? Are you hearing this? The guy has this plan for four months and he's going to cancel his entire trip to do this just so that he can say, uh-uh, you're wrong. Sorry, not doing it. Look, I'm on the Pat McAfee show. You don't know. Good Lord. Come on. Chance that that's true. I wouldn't doubt that. And as it relates yeah, to the inner circle, the inner circle I would doubt that. You know, Aaron, I got news for you. Somebody on the inner circle to your inner circle is talking and you just don't know it. You th- this, this is also ridiculous. Now, uh, maybe... But do you understand, this guy apparently is some kind of bigwig lawyer. So either he thinks he's really good at like twisting words to make it seem like he's right, which I don't think he is, or he's an idiot, and I don't know how he became a lawyer. Somebody on your inner circle is talking. How do you know? Well, because Aaron Rodgers got a report. The report was wrong, you moron. You think they're not talking. Somebody's talking. Somebody that, that the reporters trust is saying something. You th- oh, what, and what did they say? What is one report that came out of these, this quote-unquote inner circle? Which, I'll be honest, it, it's freaking lame that he has this quote-unquote inner circle. I think it's dumb. But what is one thing that came out of that inner circle? What do you think? Can you, can you name one thing? Can you? I don't think you can. You can't say this darkness retreat has anything to do with it because the information was wrong. And if the person was in this quote-unquote inner circle, the information wouldn't have been wrong. So who is talking and what did they say? It's entirely possible, but can you cite anything? Or are you just being spiteful and you're just trying to win some kind of an argument here with Aaron Rodgers? This is stupid. You think they're not. They may be lying to your face. 
but they're talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe. You're right. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. Yeah, the, you mm. know it's, it's, again, Rodgers, it's, it's, it can be, you know, entertaining always. I do love that Rodgers is honest like that, as I've yeah, always said. Yeah, interesting how he's I honest. I love that. And, and, and that's a, as opposed to other people who don't know what the heck they're talking about and spew nonsense. But he's not afraid to dive into the subject and say a few four-letter words and say some things that are not popular, no doubt about it. <laughs> Love how he says some things that are not popular. Like, um, that information is incorrect, wildly unpopular, and the courage he has to go on and set the record straight. Got it. You know, but you know, also I want to say, hey, don't get mad, man. I mean, we're we're only paying attention to you because you're the freaking man. And I mean, I'm I'm a guy that sit here and go in your prime. I think you're you and Mahomes might be the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen in their prime. So we that's why you're a big deal. We want to know what the hell's going on. Yep. Uh, but but I hear you. I wouldn't Can't be shocked on your if own he, terms. Right. I say it right, all the time. That's right. I say it all the time. Hey, everybody, look at me. What the hell are you looking at? You can't go on McAfee's show every Tuesday and talk about all these crazy <laughs> that he talks about and expect people not to react. You can't. Hold on. Now, is he twisting this like an idiot or does that actually make sense? No, he's being an idiot. By the way, listen how angry he is. He's so he's seething. And he's so he doesn't want to concede any ground. So now he's going to try to find a new angle. How dare you criticize people for talking about you? He didn't. He never said people should not be allowed to talk about him. Ever. Not one time in his life has he said, I just want to go, I just want to be able to talk as much as I can and be as big of a public figure as I possibly can. And I want everybody to stop talking about me. He never said that. What he said is get your facts straight. Stop making things up about me so that I don't have to keep coming on here and telling you you're wrong. There's a difference between stop talking about me, stop looking about me, uh, looking at me, and saying stop making things up that are not true about me. And beyond that, he's not even necessarily saying stop making things up. I think he might have mentioned that. But the biggest thing is just so we're clear, they're wrong. Here's the re He's just setting the record straight. So him trying to take this task, uh, th this, this uh, tact, this angle that Rodgers is somehow a hypocrite because he, he doesn't like people talking about him, but yet is, is at the forefront. This guy doesn't know how to think very well. Either that or, again, he's lawyering and trying to like twist things around to win an argument rather than just conceding and saying, oh, I guess Ian got it wrong on that one. And, you know, if you want to joke about it, like <laughs> maybe he just made it up to spite us. Oh, that old cat. But no, he's, he's actually saying this stuff and he means it because he's so angry. And now he's making stuff up that doesn't even make sense to try to go at Rodgers to make it seem like he's, the, he's in the wrong on this. And he's not. He came out and said, look, everybody's making stuff up and it's not true. Look, I'm right here right now. How am I going to go on a darkness retreat? And I'm sitting here right now. I'm sorry, but this guy is just not very smart. Can't do it. You can't do it. You can't have it both ways. You can't. He's not asking for it both ways. He's not. This is not hard to figure out. This is basic, basic, basic thinking. Dictate the way people react to you. You can't dictate. The oh, excuse me. No, he can't dictate how people react, but he can set the record straight. How people react? What are you talking about? This has nothing to do with how people react. This has... <laughs> Whatever, man. The way people interpret the things you say. How people interpret... Well, yes, you can. If I say I'm going to McDonald's and somebody says, I think he's going to go to Burger King, I can come back and say, nope, going to McDonald's. It's what I said. I said it right there. And for you to be like, well, you can't tell me what to interpret. 
Well, I guess technically you're right, but I'm going to set the record straight and call you a stupid fat moron. If that's okay with you, because you can't tell me what I could say. You can't tell me what I do. Sound like a little child. You can't tell people how to interpret data, even if it's wrong. What are you? What is this? And if you want people to not talk about you, there's one. He never said that. He never said that. This is fake straw man, red herring BS. One way to make that happen, Chris, stop talking. No, you'd love that. He see, and this is the thing. He he hates this so much because he wants to be able to set the narrative. He wants to be able to write his snarky articles about Aaron Rodgers and have nobody bite back. But what he doesn't want, the last thing in the world he wants, is to be able to write whatever he wants, which is stupid and inaccurate. And somebody comes out and exposes him for being garbage at his job and not knowing what he's talking about. And this media thing is not as big of a deal as he thinks it is because he's at the top of the mountain as long as Rodgers shuts his mouth. He has all the information. He has all the power. He dictates what is real and what is not. But as soon as players come out, he's nothing. He's useless. I can go directly to the source. I don't need you. He has more information, more power, more money, more prestige, more interest. You are useless to me if players begin to speak on their own terms. And he hates it and he wants it to go away all of these big media people want media to be this big entity, and all everybody else wants is for it to get out of the way. I don't need you to interpret anything to me. I mean, I do right now, but if we could get to a point where I don't need it, where the players can speak freely and just tell us what the situation is, we would happily go directly to the source rather than having these middlemen interpret things in their own biased fashion. But he and everybody else hates it. They hate it. Because it makes him nothing. It makes him a spiteful little man that is useless to anybody. And now he's going to sit here and show everybody how completely incompetent he is at basic logical deduction, thinking, reasoning, interpreting, anything. He's making himself look like a complete petty moron. I like it that he talks, though. I'm not saying no, he should. No, you don't. Hi, it's Mike Florio. No, Thanks you don't. No, he does not. He does not like that he talks whatsoever. I promise you that. This is absolutely absurd. I mean, it's just, it's so aggravating when people just can't... How, how do you talk to somebody like that? How, what, what, what do you even say to something like that? And this is, this is the apex. He is at the absolute top of major mainstream... NFL media and to have him come out and be so angry and so petty about something so straightforward there was a it's not even that big of a deal by the way it's just a minor correction um nope somebody lied to you I don't know who your source is but he's wrong my retreat has been scheduled for four months I didn't cancel it I'm going and no I can't reschedule the last second that's why I had to book it out four months in advance you think these places let you let you to just last minute cancel and, and reschedule I don't think so that ain't gonna happen even for Aaron Rodgers look you got it wrong it happens so anyways I'll be going later on this week and he just can't oh he he, he he's he's trying to say you can't talk about him but yet he wants to go on TV that's a contradiction Except he never said that, did he? I just, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that the people in the highest places can be this incompetent. But then again, 
you watch politics, you see the highest of the high and the dumbest of the dumb. So I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised. Anyways, I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, plenty more to talk about for tomorrow. Please tune in to Packer Night After Dark tonight. Otherwise, I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.